Hey, podcast listeners, Mike Lejeune here. And before we get started today, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you happy with where you are in your GovCon journey right now? It's a simple question. It's a yes or no. If you're not happy with where you are in your GovCon journey right now, I want you to reach out to me on LinkedIn or email or carrier pigeon or whatever you need to do. I want you to reach out to me today and let's set up a call. There's no cost. There's no hook. There's no anything that's just me, you. Let's hop on a call. Let's talk about where you are right now in your GovCon journey and let's get you some tips and tricks on how you can move forward. Because if you're unhappy with things, I want to help you. So reach out to me on LinkedIn, shoot me a message there. You can shoot me uh, an email, whatever you need to do. Reach out to me and let's talk about where you are in your GovCon journey and how to move forward. Now let's hop into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Game Changers. I'm going to be talking about a sensitive topic today, and that is an intervention. A lot of people that I talk to about GovCon actually need a bit of an intervention on their business when it comes to their journey in GovCon. And so it's it's going to be an interesting episode. There's going to be a lot of tips and strategies here, and I'm going to give you some very practical advice on how to move forward with GovCon and give you a couple of options on if you need some help and that sort of thing, but we're going to, we're going to start to walk through that. So the warning signs that you really need an intervention, number one is that you're listening to this episode. If you saw the title and thought, ah, I probably need an intervention, <laughs> that's probably a good warning sign right there. Another one is you're just not happy with where you are. And so if you're not happy with where you are, it could be for a lot of reasons. You're not making the revenue you need. You're not making the profit you need. You've got just laundry list of stuff you just can't figure out. Those are all reasons, warning signs, why you need this intervention today. Another one is you've tried a lot of stuff, but nothing seems to be working, at least nothing consistently. So something might work once and then it doesn't work again. Or, you know, you're just, you're just having a lot of trouble getting things to work. Another one is maybe you've won a contract or two but you can't seem to win anything consistent or maybe it's been a really long time. Maybe you won a contract a a year or two ago and you've really been kind of, you've been working the contract, fulfilling the work and you just can't get to the next contract. Maybe part of it is because you're kind of chasing your tail doing this work that you won. Maybe that's part of it. But those are warning signs. Another one is you consistently find yourself just kind of throwing your hands up in the air and and basically giving up on a regular basis. So you're, you're looking at GovCon stuff. You're looking at the you know the the people on LinkedIn or wherever maybe even some of the the virtual conferences you're going to and all you hear is about the success that other people are having or maybe it's a, a friend puts a post on LinkedIn or Facebook and you're like this guy's winning contracts you know I don't understand why why aren't we having the same success if you're asking any of those questions or, or if any of that list that I just uh, gave you there seems to resonate with you then you really need to pay attention to the rest of this episode so what I want to talk to you about right now is what you need to do today 
Right now, today, after this episode, you need to do a couple of things. The first thing you need to do is you need to take a step back. You need to take a step back from this and you need to assess the situation. And if that means you need to hop in your car and go for a drive and think about it for a little bit and maybe go somewhere and sit quietly in a park and do some planning, some reflecting, whatever it is, whatever it is you need to do. But I want to encourage you to take a step back and assess the situation. Here's the questions that I want you to ask yourself, okay? We're going to walk through these a little bit. Are you clear on who your ideal clients are? I want you to think about that. Are you actually clear on who your clients are? Because a lot of people that I talk to that are struggling are just looking for opportunities. They're not looking for a specific client. So the the average person gets on, say, beta.sam, and they punch in their NAICS code. They punch in some keywords. And that's a great way to uncover active opportunities, maybe even RFIs, those sort of things. It's a great way to uncover that stuff. But once you uncover that, you need to start drilling in a little bit deeper. And maybe that's how you identify some of your initial ideal clients. And it doesn't mean you can't work with anybody that shows up on that radar. But once you find somebody that's consistently putting out opportunities, build a relationship with them. Which brings me to my my next question here is, are you building relationships with your ideal clients? First, if you don't know who they are, you're probably not building relationships with them. But if you have identified who they are, are you building relationships with them? Are you building relationships with their small business office, their program managers, other people in their organization? If you're not doing that, you're probably going to be frustrated. So the first one on our list, are you clear about your ideal clients? There's a couple of ways you can do this. There's a lot of data to to go and research in the, the beta.sam platform. In fact, a lot of people don't know you can actually create an account there and get the same data you used to get out of F- FPDS. It's right there in beta.sam. You can get it there. Currently, at the time I'm recording this podcast, FPDS was still active. You could go get it there. You can go get it on usaspending.gov. There's a lot of places you can go get the data to help identify who your ideal clients are going to be. You can also just decide, hey, I really want to work with the FBI, the CIA, the army, the navy, you can go through and actually say, this is who I want to work with and why. And maybe it's based on your products and services, but you can identify that. Here's the really cool thing. Even if you identify three or four, five, six, whatever it is, ideal clients, if you're going down the road and it's not working, you can change who your ideal clients are. At any given moment, you can change that and say, hey, maybe army is not a good fit for us because fill in the blank. Maybe the intel agencies aren't a good fit for us because fill in the blank. There's a lot of ways you can decide that, hey, the initial decision I made isn't working for us. It's time to change that decision and go after a different target market, ideal client, whatever you want to call them. So, but once you find them, you need to start building relationships with them, which means you need to start having conversations and emails on a fairly regular basis with them, with their small business office, with their program managers, all those different type of people. Now, if you're not a small business and you're listening to this, maybe you don't need to talk to the small business office, but maybe you should get in the mentor protege program and start looking for small businesses to work with. And maybe that's why you need to build a relationship with the small business office. So everybody that's listening needs to talk to these people. If nothing else, even if you're large and you don't want to be part of any of those programs, maybe, just maybe you want to team with some other companies. Hmm, there's an idea. You should team with other companies. That is a 
a great strategy for growth. So regardless of your size, building a relationship with a small business office, which I figured a lot of people are going to say, eh, that isn't for me. That is for you, regardless of who you are. That is a good strategy. The next thing is, do you know what's on your ideal client's radar? What's on their forecast? What are they working on? What are their problems? All those kind of things. Those are questions you get the answer to when you're having conversations with your ideal clients. Okay. So what's on their radar? What's on their forecast? What are problems they're trying to solve? All those kind of things are really, really important. Now, the next question here, and this is where a lot of people go wrong. Are you doing the right activities? On a daily, weekly, monthly basis, are you performing the right activities in your business? Are you searching for opportunities? Are you building relationships with those folks once you find opportunities? Are you building relationships with your ideal clients? Are you submitting RFIs and RFPs? Guess what? If you never put out or or never answer an RFI, RFP, you're never going to win anything. You're just probably not. That's the cold, hard truth. You've got to submit that in order to actually win something. Now, people are like, well, how are you going to win anything from an RFI? Well, go listen to a podcast I just did the other day. One of the podcasts we just did with my friend David Neal, he talks about submitting RFIs and I think it was about 45 days later, he got a contract award because they were the only company that actually submitted an RFI. And so the the contracting officer awarded them a contract and then 45 days later awarded them another contract. So there, you know, if nothing else, you get to shape the RFP if you respond to the RFI. So that is a very important activity. Are you doing that? How much of that are you doing? If you come back to me and say, Mike, we submit, you know, one or two RFIs every six months. Uh, well, you're probably not winning a whole lot. You've got to remember when you, when you look at sales and you know, any type of traditional just fundamentals of business, one of the things is you've got to be taking shots in order to make some wins. So if you never shoot the ball towards the hoop, it's never going to go in. If you never swing the bat at the ball, you're never going to hit it. You just never will. It's like if you sit in the dugout or you sit on the bench and wonder like, why am I not winning? It's because you're not on the field. Like you will never win from the dugout. You'll never win while you're sitting on the bench. It will never, ever happen for you from that position on the field. You've got to get literally on the field and play the game. And submitting those things, submitting RFIs, RFPs, that's how you actually get to take some swings. And you know, you're not going to hit everyone. The best basketball players in the world don't make every shot. They don't. I mean, Michael Jordan did not make every single shot. He only shot, you know, 75, 80% from the free throw line. And that's nobody blocking perfect conditions. Didn't get every single one. Think about that for a moment. You're not going to win every single one unless there's zero competition. That's the only way you'll ever win every single one. And there, and there's really going to be a situation where there's zero competition. So you've got to take more shots in order to actually get some wins. Another thing, a great question you need to be asking, are are you talking to teaming partners? This is this is part of that. Are you doing the right activities? Are you talking to teaming partners? If you're not doing that, you're not taking advantage of a huge opportunity in this market. Most people win their first few contracts through teaming partners. I have clients that have been in this business for 20 years and still don't prime contracts. They still don't prime because they're running such a great business through sub work with their teaming partners. They just continue to do that. You know, priming is great, but you don't have to prime in order to win contracts. So think about that for a minute. If you don't have teaming partners, I want you to think about this. You know, how are you going to get some? You're going to have to start making some calls and reaching out to some people. The small business office, again, is a great place. They know a lot of the contractors that are already working with this client. They can give you some tips on that. There's a lot of tips that you can get or, or suggestions you can get for these 
by just going through the data in, again, FPDS, Beta.Sam, USA Spending, you can get a lot of ideas on who teaming partners should be or could be, and you can start reaching out to these people. There's other strategies around the teaming partner side, but I'm not going to cover that today on you know like how you bring an opportunity to them, the best way to open those doors, because a lot of people go about teaming partners wrong. And so again, I don't want to cover that on this episode because I'm kind of running out of time today, but um, the, the teaming partner thing can work really, really well if you do it right. So you've got questions on that, uh, just send those in, You know, shoot me an email, LinkedIn message, whatever it is. I'll be happy to kind of walk you through some of those uh, ideas on, on going after teaming partners. So a couple more quick questions that I want to get to today before we hop off this episode. Are you clear on your products and services? I cannot tell you how many times someone calls me and says, well, I'm not really sure. We could sell a little bit of everything. And let's say they're an IT services company and they're, we're talking about IT services uh, on Monday and they call me on Tuesday and say, Mike, I've got this really cool opportunity that just came across my desk for toilet paper. Why, why are you even looking at that? Well, because it's an opportunity and we could go after Like, but do you know anything about sourcing toilet paper? No, but it's a great opportunity and you know the government needs it and I understand that, but you don't know anything about toilet paper. And you guys are laughing. I've actually had this exact example come to me more than once where it was an IT company or an engineering company and they were just getting into government and they were going after every opportunity that came up for them. If it showed up in the search results, they they wanted to go after it. Like, I, I love the enthusiasm, but let's get clear on the products and services you provide. I, I get in the commercial space, you do 16 different things. That's awesome. In government, right now, we need to focus, get some traction. After you get some traction, then you can apply it to different products and services. But let's get some wins under your belt before we decide to be you know experts in the toilet paper industry or whatever it may be. Another question you need to ask, are you clear on the value you provide? It's not just the product because anybody... Uh, or any contracting officer can buy any product or service from any company. What they're looking for is the company that's going to be the best solution. So this is going to be the best person. It's not just about price. It's about the value and why we should buy it from you versus why we could buy it from 12 other vendors. Why should we buy from you? Are you clear on that? Have you gone through your past performance? Have you figured out why the answer should always be your company over everyone else? I know I'm trying to simplify it for everybody, but that's really as hard as that question needs to be. Why should I buy this from you versus anybody else that can provide it? So there you go. I've gone through a list here today. I think it's a pretty comprehensive list on things you should do to get back on track and assess the government market to make sure it's for you. And here's the deal. You may go through all these things and say, this is too much. I can't do this. I, I don't know what to do. Well, maybe you need to, to rethink government. Maybe you shouldn't be in government. It's okay. It's okay to say, maybe this is not the market for me and I need to focus on the commercial market. It's okay. But if you've gone through all those questions today and you said, look, I still, I want to go after this, but I don't know what to do next. Guess what? The next thing you need to do is you need to get a coach. It could be myself. It could be my partner, Josh. It could be any one of a number of people out there. In fact, we wrote a book, Game Changers, that came out in, in early February of this year. I'm recording this in 2020. 
2020, so early February 2020, we wrote a book called Game Changers for Government Contractors. There's a list. There's there's like 29 of us in the book. A bunch of those people do coaching for government contractors. Go grab that book. Go through the list. Reach out to one of those people or reach out again to myself, my partner, Josh. We'd be happy to connect you with any of those. We'd be happy to work with you. Reach out to us on LinkedIn. You can go to any one of our websites, whether it's rsmfederal.com, federal-access.com. There's contact forms, our contact information. It's all there. Stop trying to do this on your own and reach out for help. Reach out for help. Again, it may be a 20-minute phone call that changes your life and your direction in GovCon and points you in the right direction, or you may need coaching. I don't know until I talk to you, but you may need some of that. The thing is, this is the part about the intervention where you really need to listen. Really just trust me. We've been in this industry a long time, over 20 years. Josh and I have each been in over 20 years in this market. We've seen a lot of things. You don't waste time. Don't waste time in this market. Figure it out or get some help, okay? Figure it out or get some help. There's a lot of people out here. There's a lot of really, really good people out here that really can't help you. There's some crooks out here, so you gotta be wary, gotta do your due diligence, but there's some really good people out in this market that wanna help you take your GovCon business to the next level. We are one of those companies. That's why we do the podcast. We wanna help you and we just wanna give this... uh, all of these tips and strategies to you. But at the end of the day, if you need our help, if you need our coaching, we're here for you for that. Don't hesitate to reach out and at least have a phone call. Again, reach out to me on LinkedIn or whatever it may be. I just, I really want to push you to go get some help because people that are stuck often can't do it alone. Okay. Even if you don't hire a coach, Maybe you can find somebody on LinkedIn who can work with you as, you know, maybe accountability partner or something. Just don't do this alone, okay? That's one of the biggest takeaways you should have from this podcast today is don't do it alone. Make sure you're doing the right activities. Make sure you're focused on your ideal clients. Make sure you don't do this alone. So again, any questions about this, you want to reach out to me, you know how to find me. I hope you have a fantastic week and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.